What's up, guys? I'm Connor Fergus, and welcome to my podcast. In this podcast, we talk about my journey of becoming my best self. Everyone has something they want to learn, improve, or work on, and we can all learn something from one another. In this podcast, I share what I've learned in my life through my time as a young adult, athlete, military veteran, and sales professional. I started in sales going door to door, really at the bottom floor, and my goal is to climb my way up. I hope you enjoy this podcast and please subscribe and share with others. Now let's get started. What's up guys? It's Connor Fergus tuning in from door to door to the top floor. And if you haven't had a chance to follow me, subscribe to the podcast, uh, share, write reviews, please do. Um, any and all of those things definitely help. But just to get into it today, I was looking at my TikTok feed. Um, yes, I do have a TikTok. My buddy David at Active Poet suggested, he was like, look, man, if you're going to get this podcast going, the best way for you to get it going is to get on every single social media platform. So I did. I made a TikTok and I made one the other day about a to-do list that I had. And that specific day, you know, every single day I always make to-do lists, but this specific day my to-do list was extra long and... I kind of acknowledged in the video that I wasn't going to get it done. And my buddy David comments and goes, nah, bro, you got this Mamba mentality. And that really got my brain thinking, like, what is that? Like, what does Mamba mentality mean? And just wanted to play this clip. What is Mamba mentality? It's a lot of things, but I think most importantly, it starts from emotion. Mamba mentality is first being self-aware of things that happen within your life that you can then use as fuel to propel you forward. And it starts from that foundation. And then from that foundation, it's this constant search for answers and this constant search to try to get better because it's a way of life. Man, powerful, powerful. But you may be thinking like, like, what is that? Like, like, I don't play basketball. What does that have to do with me? And for me, how I apply that is, is in life. I mean, the way, if when I think of Kobe's mama mentality, I think of the way that Kobe approached the game. And that's really what I loved about Kobe. I mean, if you know me, I've been a Kobe fan ever since I can remember. I've got four or five posters in my room, five or six jerseys. I mean, I was a fan of the Warriors when they were, you know, terrible in the early 90s and 2000s or mid 90s, 2000s. And, uh, you know, all I saw was Kobe in the playoffs year in and year out. And I naturally drew attracted to his game and his approach to the game. But, you know, back to the topic is how does this apply to me? Well, odds are you've chosen to do something in your life. And I bet you no matter what you've chosen to do, you want to be good at that. My uncle Mike always told me that if you're going to do something, you should give it your 100% effort. And I feel that's one thing that Kobe, you know, really did throughout his life. I mean, if you think about his rookie season, Kobe was 13th pick out of high school, at a lower Marion high school. And Kobe came into the league like Kobe was the high school phenom, best player in the nation, arguably. And uh, he came into the league when it was dominated by guys like Michael Jordan, the GOAT, Scottie Pippen. Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler, the list goes on. And if you look at that draft class, I mean, the 96 draft was one of the best ever. You got Allen Iverson, uh, Ray Allen, Steve Nash, Stephon Marbury, Kobe. I mean, 
you know, a lot of those guys, like if you look at AI and Ray Allen, like they had immediate success in the league. You know, Ray Allen on the Bucks, Allen Iverson on the Sixers. Um, but Kobe didn't really have that success. You know, Kobe, his rookie season, he really had to fight for his for his games. I mean, there would be times where he wouldn't play for seven straight games and then he would play the last 20 seconds. I mean, he really just tried to make sure he was ready for the moment where he'd have an opportunity to lead the Lakers to victory. And, you know, back to my approach, I think about the mama mentality and where I'm at in my life. I mean, I'm still, just like Kobe was his rookie season, like I'm still learning the game. You know, this isn't high school. This isn't college. I'm, I'm in real life. I'm 28. Like, this is this is the game. I, and I got to learn how to play it. So I try to use that mama mentality to just have a growth mindset towards my daily goals, towards my tasks. I mean, even for little things like the gym. Like, after this, I'll be going to the gym. I have a specific focus, a muscle group I want to target, a regimen, a set of exercise I want to go through. And I'm going to absolutely push myself to my limits. And, you know... That just really reminded me of of my first boxing match, you know. Uh, my first boxing, I mean, I was I learned the boxing fu- boxing fundamentals for a few months in Hawaii when I lived there in high school. But I got stationed in Valdosta, Georgia, and if you don't know where that is, I'm not surprised because it's not a common place you would know. But there's no gyms there. There was, I didn't have any resources. I really just learned more boxing techniques from watching YouTube and like watching guys like. Like JT Van V, uh, shout out to Precision Striking on YouTube. But, you know, it wasn't until I met my boy Martez Jackson, he's a pro fighter out in Georgia, that I really like started to learn. And, you know, Martez, you know, he had a ton of experience. I mean, he'd been to Olympic trials, like he had a successful amateur career. And he learned it, he taught me a ton. I learned a ton from him. I mean, he told me drills, he taught me conditioning dieting and he was my sparring partner and you know after about a month of training with him we decided that uh, I was going to fight in the Georgia game so we started training for the fight and uh, you know that consisted of running three to five miles a day getting in the pool working out a couple times a day I mean I would I was still working full-time in the air force so I would go do my conditioning in the morning at home, go on a run or something. And then I'd go to base, work my 10, 12 hour shift doing, you know, I worked outside aircraft maintenance, bomb loading. Like I was working physical labor. And then I would come back and go train again. And, uh, you know, still after a while, I wasn't getting enough training as much as like conditioning and doing mitts and pinning the bag is great. Like I needed more sparring. So I sought out a gym and I actually came across an MMA gym um, that that was local that I could go spar at. I talked to the guy there, the uh, the head trainer, and he said I could spar with them whenever they did sparring. Come on these specific days, and you can come get some work. And you know that all sounded great until I got there. Um, and I'll tell you, it's going into somebody else's gym to spar them is kind of the same concept as you being you going into your rival arena or rival team's arena to play them on their court they're gonna try to kill you and take your head off and that is exactly what happened to me (laughs) um yeah man i mean it was way different of a sparring experience than sparring with martez martez stopped paused taught me showed me how to cut angles told me what punches i should be throwing pushed me when i when i felt like it was over um 
And, uh, you know, it really helped me. But, you know, they, they beat the shit out of me at that gym. I mean, I constantly had, like, bloody face, bruises from training. You know, people at work would tease me because I always looked like I got beat up. But I kept training. I kept working. And then it came time to cut weight. And that was a whole new process for me. I mean, how that can sit. Because I didn't know what to do. So I watched this. There was this uh, this Netflix special on this on this, this UFC fighter. And I can't remember his name. But the way that he used to cut the last couple pounds before a fight is he would go get in a straight sauna suit and deck that out even more. Come in super layered up into the sauna for about five minutes. And then jump right out and go straight into the treadmill. And what that does is when you um, when you jump on the treadmill and that, that air temperature changes, your your heart rate starts to drop, your your body thinks it's about to relax, and you get on the treadmill and it goes right back up. And going in between that process of tricking your brain and your body, you're sweat sweating profusely, man. I lost probably nine to eleven pounds that one day, which was completely unhealthy, but you know, worked out. I made weight at the fight, and uh, we went to check my match. And I had to buy that fu- that that fight in the tournament. My fighter apparently didn't show, so I got to see the guy I was fighting. And uh, you know, I, we still call him this to this day. He had a, a Michael Jordan Jumpman tattoo on his arm, so I just called him Jumpman. And uh, I was, you know, we're going to fight Jumpman. And honestly, we watched this first fight, uh, the fight that he won, and I was going to face the winner, obviously. I fought him, but, you know, he didn't look like anything special. It just looked like he outworked the other guy, and the guy didn't really throw a lot of punches. And I was super confident, you know, going into this. So I wake up day of, we go, we check in, you know, a couple fights gone, and and my fight's coming up. So I go to get my gloves and get everything set up. Um, But I didn't really know that, uh, you know, Martez couldn't sit my corner. That was kind of a huge issue because he's the one who taught me everything. And, um, so Martez luckily found someone to sit in my corner and it was this guy who he knew from in the past. And at this point, like Martez is not allowed to be in my, in my corner. I'm about to step into the ring literally. And I'm like, got this random guy next to me who's going to be sitting in my corner. My adrenaline is through the roof at this point. So we get in the ring, you, you know, we, we square off, we start fighting and then round one, I don't know what it was, but I kept only throwing two punches. I would throw a left jab and a right cross. And then he would just wait for me to throw those two punches and then just get on top of me. And I don't know what it was. I, I just kept doing that over and over again, thinking it was going to change. But it was I was so distracted with the adrenaline and the rush that I, I just couldn't really think in there. It's kind of hard to explain. But, you know, I was trying to listen for Tez and... Because he was yelling at the top of his lungs, trying to get my attention and tell me what to do. But, like, it was so loud in there. I couldn't hear anything. And I get back to my corner after the first round. And this guy, <laughs> and we, me and Martez laugh about it. But he goes to me, man, just keep working. And I'm thinking in my head, like, man, I've been working. It's not working. What should I do? So, obviously, I kept doing what I was doing that wasn't working. I just kind of, like... You know, it got a little bit better. I just got a little bit more aggressive and fed up and kind of just brought the fight to him. And I landed a couple good shots. Like, we definitely chunked it. Um, but I ended up losing in the end. And when I when I lost, like, you know, it, it just kind of reminded me of, uh, 
of you know that was my first big boxing event my one of my first big events and i thought about kobe's first big event and that was his first playoff game which the 96 97 season his rookie season they played the utah jazz who were probably the best team in the western conference at the time or one of the best next to the sonics um and gary payton but you know that game kobe kobe kind of lost him the game i mean it came down to the final seconds and he airballed four shots in a row that would have made pivotal changes in the game and you know what kobe did afterwards is really what what is what is for me the the exciting part about the whole story so i'll have you take a listen you know, I, I really thought that Jerry was the moment of his career. You know why? If somebody would have shot an air ball on our team and had shot a second one, they were going to shoot a third one. He was fearless. I think that's one of the things that spurred him to greatness. He wasn't going to allow himself to fail. And deserve the goal. They're the team with the best record in the Western Conference. You don't win 60. I'm having one kind of your offseason for the team. I didn't have an offseason. I, I went straight to Palisades High um, that night as soon as we landed. I went straight to the gym and went to the janitor. He opened up the gym for me, and I was there until the sun came out. I mean, I was back there again the next day, and the next day after that, the next day after that. So was... <sighs> he just got back to work, and, and, that, and that's the biggest thing I took away from that, you know. He didn't let that small failure affect his approach and his work ethic. And to be clear, guys, like I'm not at all comparing myself to Kobe Bryant. Um, I just more admire his approach to the game. And, and I try to approach my life in the same way. But when Kobe lost this game for his team in front of millions of fans across the world, like... You know, he had to humble himself and admit his mistakes and just get right back to work. And for me, like in that boxing fight, like I had to do the same thing. You know, I went back home. I watched the, I watched the film of the fight. I acknowledged the mistakes I made pre-fight and my preparation as well as at the fight itself, which was there was a ton. And I just got right back to work. You know, there was there's nothing else to do but get back to work. So, you know, I went back to training, started running and swimming and boxing again and went back to the to the MMA gym. And this is kind of a funny story, but, um, you know, I, I started getting better uh, re- regardless of me losing that fight. I got a lot better. My skill set got better. And when I went back to that gym, I uh, I started kind of kind of beating up a few of their fighters. You know, they weren't like a, a boxing focus. You know, they had so many other martial arts to focus from and they were all super new. That at boxing, I was better at at boxing than most of them were. And I started to kind of show that and started to do a lot better in my sparring and started kind of picking apart a couple of his fighters. And uh, (laughs) safe to say that the head trainer at the gym saw that. And he's like a young guy. He had to have been like 24, 23. And I'm like 19 at this moment. But um, he took it upon himself to spar with me and he beat the shit out of me. And to this day, nobody else has ever done that to me like that. Like, I've had some rough sparring, but this guy unreasonably hurt me and, like, tried to make it a point. And uh, my nose wouldn't stop bleeding. Like, it, like, we probably went, like, three rounds, and he was just wrecking me. 
and it just kept going, kept going, kept going. And then like after a while, my blood was all over. Like it just wasn't like I had to stop. So I went home, like touched myself up, went to sleep. And the next day it was just undaunting. Like I was wrecked. So I went and saw the doctor come to find out my nose had been broken or my septum rather um, had been broken for a few months and it already had started to heal. So the doc, he gave me two options. He said either number one, you could continue to box because your nose has already started to heal. It's pretty much, I mean, you know, give it a couple, like a couple more weeks of not sparring, but you know, you'll be fine. No more damage to be done to your nose, but your nose is going to be crooked on the inside. Um, and it's going to be harder for you to breathe. Or we could cut the bottom of your septum, pull your nose skin back up and straighten your nose. But the thing is you can't box for a year. And at this point, I was so new, so passionate about this new thing that I was doing boxing that I didn't want to give that up. So I went back to training and actually fought like a month or two months later. Um, actually, I won. I fought 178 or 172 or something. I moved up. But back to the approach, like the question still is how can I approach life? How can I use this mama mentality in my life? Well, if you think about your job and your career, you can – Ask yourself if you have that approach now. Do you have a growth mindset? Are you doing everything you can to become the best version of you? Are you striving and working your hardest to hit your quota, to hit your work goals, to to grow, to get that promotion? Um, Are you doing your best to hit your personal goals? Are you doing your best to knock off your to-do list every day? Or are you spending most of your day watching Netflix and doing other stuff? Are you pushing yourself every single day is really the question. And, you know, doing, I'll tell you, like doing this podcast, the research, the videos, like, man, like I've been a Kobe fan ever since I was a kid. Like it was so emotional for me and it's so still, it's been a year, like it's still unbelievable that he's gone, man. And there's never going to be another Kobe and the way he impacted the world is just incredible. And I think about how I, as a big fan of his, how can I honor him? I mean, the guy that I grew up on, I mean, I learned you know so much about life and about how to approach the game and how to approach the game of life like i mean at the end of the day kobe just wanted to be great and he never was going to let his failures get in the way he just never stopped working i mean win or lose kobe tried to grow and become better to learn from others better than him like if you look at kobe's game compared to michael it's so identical because he learned from the great from the greatest of all time and why wouldn't you, you know, and, you know, he constantly learned and try to become better. And, and those are things that I try to do in my life. I look at people in my industry that are doing better than me. And I ask them questions. I shoot them on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, and try to interact with people and grow. And that's what it's all about. I mean, every day is an opportunity to improve and become a better version of you. There's 86,400 seconds in a day. What are you doing with those? I'll leave you with that. This is going to be part one of a probably part three or four series. Um, but man, I hope you like this. Um, I, I mean, I'm a big Kobe guy, big Kobe fan rather. So, you know, I, d- I definitely have some more stuff to talk about. But think about think about that mama mentality. Try to incorporate that in your life. But man, stay tuned in because we got a ton of good stuff coming. Um, I got some some interviews I want to get going and a ton of cool kind of cool, cool stuff fuck coming up uh but definitely subscribe share the podcast let's go baby from door to door to the top floor